Aaron Slamain, how are you doing? I'm good, mate. Yeah, how are you? <laughs> no, I'm fine. I know I'm fine. Uh, this interview for me can somewhat feel kind of you know way overdue, as in we see the person's um um fight record and just as in where they've come from and what they've achieved up until now. Like you know, you want to yeah. speak to, this, to the person, know them in the flesh, and you, you know, kind of want to hear the story from the person's mouth instead of reading what's in the press and so on. Um, so look, um, the one thing that kind of intrigued me when I looked at um the f- sort of fights you have on your belt, the fight you had at the MTGP, and the fight you had at BKB twenty five against Will Kens, was that were both yeah, events good. within one week of each other? One week of each other, yeah. So I lost on MTGP and then got the call for BKB, and I was like, "Yeah, definitely, sign me up." Wow, no, I mean, I saw the fight at the um, MTGP, and I thought, okay, even though um, you lost, I mean, I would never ever look down on on a combat sports athlete, even though they didn't come out successful from a fight. I know there's a lot of haters and trolls online that do that, but I never, you always have my respect for stepping to the cage, octagon, or the ring, and giving your best and taking all of that abuse in front of so many people. Um, but what really intrigued me is that there was only like within a uh, seven days within within uh, between not within between both fights. I mean, how did you go about doing that? I mean, even I would have thought you know that just the mental effect from the last um fight, you probably would have thought no, I really need to go back to the drawing board and prepare myself properly and thoroughly before my next um competition. I think that that I think the, the main reason I did that fight was because of the loss because. In my head, that MTGP fight was meant to be like the start of something big for me. Mm-hmm. So for, I trained for like eight weeks and it didn't come away. So I was like, for that full week nearly, I was in a bit of like a, I wouldn't really leave the house. I was just sat in my room with my mates and be like, are you, are you coming for something to eat? And I'd be like, I, don't, I didn't really want to go do anything. Because in my head, it had been built up to be this thing. Like, finally, I'm, I'm on the big show. I've worked so hard to get there. And then it all came crashing down a bit. Mm-hmm. So then... I felt like I need to get back in there. Like, I think with them things, you can go two ways, can't you? You can either be hungrier, yeah, or you can think, right, I don't want to do this anymore. And then my one of my good friends, Ellis, was also fighting on BKB. So I was going to be at the event anyway. And then I got a call saying someone's pulled out. What are you weighing at? From one of my coaches, Anthony Holmes. And I was just like, yeah, I'll take it. I was like, do I have to cut weight? And they said, no. So I was like, yeah, I'll do it. So we're like, I rang my other coach up, David Sire, he's like my main coach, and I was like, yeah, we're back down London this weekend. And he was like, yeah, sound. <laughs> <laughs> and I think because I didn't have time, because I signed a BKB, but I'd not had a match confirmed. And I think with bare knuckle, if you can overthink it a bit, because it's like, oh my God, I'm fighting without gloves. And I think that kind of maybe played to my advantage, that it was just like, I didn't have time to, you know, think about it. It was just like, right, I'm fighting. I got the fight on the Friday, the show on the Saturday. So it was like, right, yeah, I'm back in this weekend. Sure, sure. So I think it kind of benefited me. The only thing I, I didn't like is I was still in that kickboxing mindset. Yes. Like yeah. my stance. I was, I was still in that, like, I'm fighting again in June on BKB, hopefully, and I'll be able to show that I can mix up and I can box when I need to box. That was still in that. I was still in that mindset of longer guard, more upright. I didn't get to do the proper transition, which I would have liked to do, which I will be able to show in this next fight. Um, 
uh, when I'm speaking to a fighter, and this is something I've almost said repetitively in all my interviews in the past, um, I always like to ask about the um get my by my guests' backstory, just where they come from, and you know how they got into combat sports. So I mean, in your own in in your own words, and how did that happen for you? So I started with you know like full contact tournaments, like where yeah. you'd have like a couple fights in a day, stuff okay. like that. I never really envisioned it going anywhere. I, I did it like for fitness to protect myself, to look after myself, and then I, I liked the the idea of oh my god, I'm winning, I'm getting something from it. But then I got I got a bit I got selected to the England team for them, but there's like four England teams, so like it sounds better than it is saying you got selected for the England team because like I said, there's a, there's multiple, so it doesn't really mean much. But then I just thought I want something more, and then I transitioned to K1. And that is really when I thought this this is what I want to do for the rest of my life, and then I, jo I joined the military. I mean that was that's my regiment's flag behind me. Mm -hmm. I joined the army, and I'd say that's when I always took it seriously, but I'd say I really started taking it seriously once I joined the army, because it was even when you're not training for a fight, you're doing some sort of fitness. You're like you're running, you're lifting weights, you're doing something, and then when they found out, obviously I did do fighting. They supported it massively and they were just like, yeah, go train. Walk out with the flag, but you can train and stuff like that. And that gave me that boost, like, right, I'm finally in a job now that supports me and wants me to do it. So that's that's where it came from, really. And I've not looked back since. And I just want to keep climbing up the ladder and improving. Uh, you're not, sorry. Um, no, I mean, you were saying something um, there. Uh, do you want to finish? I don't know. Um, yeah. I, I was just thinking. Um, was it? Did you ever feel, or did anyone ever like pressure you into, or thinking, or having to make the decision? Is either the army or the kickboxing? You, I'm sorry, but you've got to choose. Or do, is it because they involve fitness and training and discipline so much that they kind of worked hand in hand with each other? Well, before I joined, before I joined the army, I did have that decision because. As parents do, the worry and they want the kid to have a career where they'll have money and stuff like that. So I was like, I want to do fighting. Fighting's what I want to do. And they were, they were all, they've always supported it, but they were a bit like, you do need a career though. And then my cousin's an officer in the army. And he was like, you do know if you join the military. He looked at it more of a boxing point of view because the army's huge on boxing. But I just saw that as, oh, if I join the army, I can fight. So then when I joined the army, you go obviously when I was in basic training and stuff, I couldn't do anything like that. But then once I got to my battalion, I went away with them. And then when I got back and I was like, oh, I booked in a fight. And they were like, all right, sound, go home, train. And then it was kind of just since then. Don't get me wrong, I still have to do my job when I'm not training and, and fighting. But when I've got a fight, they are very supportive. They just say, walk out of the flag, give exposure where you can. And we'll support you if you support us. So at the minute, I'm not being given that choice of it's one or the other. And truthfully, it'd be, it would be a very hard decision if I do get given that because it's a full-time income. I do think I would choose the fighting because that's my passion. But it would be a hard decision because it's not often you enjoy your job. Yes, and I can, yeah. art say, I can hand an art say I'm in a job that I enjoy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um. So there's quite a few things I want to ask you. 
the joining of the army was that something you if i i don't ask you to repeat yourself but was it something that was it something you'd signed up for kind of like before the kickboxing came about or was it like after the kickboxing i was i was not professional when i joined the army but oh, I, I would all, i was still competing i um i it's funny i had a fight and then a week later went on my army assessment so it was all <laughs> the, the the year that to join the army was a very busy year because i wanted to balance like training full-time nearly for a yeah. fight like pretty much when i was amateur and semi-pro i'd fight very often so like every other month i'd say i was fighting but then like when i want fighting or having to go do a test to join the army go do some theory stuff to pass my test to join the army so it was all very hectic it was all like all at once and then when i did join the army obviously for that six month training period it, it would go in because it did it not messed with my head but like i was so used to hitting pads sparring training that when I could for six months I couldn't do anything like that it was like oh god what do I do now <laughs> um and you know I I'm sure anyone will will say will can tell you that each um side army or the combat sports does have their um their downsides um were there any concerns for your health in, especially in terms of the sorts of injuries you could potentially sustain yeah a lot in training especially because in train once you get to battalion life does get a bit easier in the sense like in training that's where they try and break you and see if you've got the like the mindset to be in the military so i, I was nervous a lot like when we go on runs with all the weight i'd think i've got bad knees as it is from taking kicks from for that many years so i was like oh god running with this weight is my knee gonna buckle mm. So it were like a lot of the time when you had a test coming up, it was like, oh my God, am I even going to be able to do this again? Am I going to break myself trying to get into the army? So it was all running through my head and stuff, but I just thought I've got to go for it. Like if not, I've come this far. I'm one of them that if I start something, I'm going to finish it. And I wouldn't have started training and been like, oh no, this isn't for me. I started it, so I had to finish it. One of the... One of the hardest things that I hear about in preparation for a fight is the weight cuts. Oh, um, I'm doing it right now. It's awful. <laughs> so for the weight cuts, in fact, that goes into the preparation for um for competition overall. Um, in your own case, um, if you whether you have to make weight or not, in your own particular case, you as a unique individual, how do you normally go about just... I know there's the obvious ones, um, watching the calories. Of course, you've got to be mindful yeah. of what you eat, sleep, rest, and uh, training. But I mean, in your own case, what best suits you as and how would you go about them preparing? I think the main thing is I've, I find I've got a nutritionist now. So before I did used to wing it a bit. And I'd, like I said, I'd just restrict carbs, wouldn't eat the things I enjoy. Do you know like when you think in your head of what's healthy, that's what I'd do. But obviously, for eight weeks at a time, it's just not sustainable. And I would see myself, or oh, I'll just have a little cheat meal here and there. But hey, it's not one cheat meal, is it? It's never, it's never one cheat meal. You'll have <laughs> yeah, one, and you'll be like, "Yeah, I'll have a little bit more. I'll have a little bit more. I'll have one chocolate bar. Oh, I'll just have another one." It's yeah. never like that. So, um, have you had a condition nutrition? Yes, I oh, know he's very well known in the in the mixed martial arts scene, especially I think here yeah. in the UK and Australia. Yeah, because yeah, he, he yeah. goes over there quite often. So I got in contact with him and I just, because a lot of my friends, they do it with him and they're like enjoying the food. Like one of them were telling me he had jerk chicken burgers and I was like, I mean, jerk chicken burgers every day and I'm there having broccoli and plain rice. 
So I was like, I got a contact with him and then it was just the best decision I ever made. Like this camp, I don't felt like I'm dieting. Like it's still been a very tough camp, but in the sense that like food is my biggest weakness. I love eating more than anything. So the fact that I've not felt as much like I'm on a diet has made everything a lot easier because I enjoy the training. It was always the diet inside of things. And this is the lowest I've ever thought. Like I'll be I'll be fighting that as well. And I'll make it, I'm gonna make it comfortably. You've never dieted, and this is something that um, I ask quite a few, quite often now in these interviews. You never dieted so so hard or restricted yourself so much that you have. It's been so um, harsh on your body, as in when you on weighing days, you never felt so lightheaded that you've collapsed on the scales. You know, you just you know, have you restricted yeah. yourself so? You know the horror stories I'm talking about. Yeah, exactly. Like getting out of a sauna and just collapsing and stuff like that. So far, that's not happened to me just yet, but there's still time. <laughs> I've still got to do a sauna. Don't, still got don't to do a say sauna. that. <laughs> i got to do a sauna Thursday night, so there's still time. <laughs> um, How do you know you're about, what, 23 or so? 23, yeah. 23, yeah. You're still very, very young in your career. Um, And you obviously, I mean, for someone who did what you did not too long ago, just to fight one one day and then in about around a week or less than a week, you took on, on another fight. Um, that's no small deal. In future, um, say 10 years from now, I mean, where do you see yourself? Do you see yourself maybe still fighting the small local um, local promotions or on the bigger scenes and the bigger names, even cage warriors, Bellator, one championship? Yeah, I'd like to think so because I want to look back and think it was worth it. I don't want to dedicate as much to my life as I have. Like not seeing my friends all the time, not going out for nice food, nice drinks with my family and girlfriend. I want to look back and think it was worth it. And I think if I'm still on those local shows, I'll be a bit like, yeah, I enjoyed it, but it wasn't worth it. So if I keep on with the kickboxing, obviously the goal is to get to the one championship, the infusion, but one of the gyms I train out of is an MMA gym. And I do think I am trying for that transition. Because the opportunities in MMA, they're so much bigger, I'd say. Yeah. There's no, there's no question. Uh, if it's mixed martial arts, I mean, hence the title mixed martial arts. It combines all, the, so all the forms of of the arts: kickboxing, boxing, jiu-jitsu, wrestling. Um, yeah, there's a lot of opportunities there. Now the sky's the limit. But I mean, you prefer one championship over, say, a promoter like, let's say, the UFC. Obviously, if if I if I do went into the MMA route the UFC would be the dream that everyone wants to get to the UFC, like the premier promotion. But for me, it'd be more, where's the better opportunity? Where are the no. better fights getting offered? I see. Like okay. I'd rather, I wouldn't want to be a guy that's just given to you know, make up the numbers. I'd want, if I'm going to be somewhere, I want to be there to, to go for it and give it a good shot. So, so you, you don't want to, as in, you're more concerned about, let's say, the um, how many. That's quite obvious, but the wins on your but on your but you're not so concerned about money or the popularity. You're more concerned about the fighting itself. Uh, your performance yeah, like in the cage. The, I enjoy the fighting. Like I'm not too like the money. Money is just a bonus because unless I, I made it to that point, I probably will always work full time. 
I will all, I, I don't plan on leaving the army anytime soon. So I am always going to have that income. So the money is always just a bonus. Don't get me wrong. If someone offered me a big money fight against like Jake Paul or something, I'd take it 100% because it's silly money. But the money is not at the front, like the centre of my head at the minute. It is about, it sounds, it sounds silly, but like it is about legacy and stuff like that and building that name and getting as many titles as I can, as many big fights as I can. That, that's say, what that's what I want. Would you say one of your goals maybe is to work so work your ass off so damn hard that you are like to see your you can picture and imagine your name in, for example, the UFC there and they the UFC Hall of Fame. You 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 can one day you'd like to one day imagine your name being in in that place next to the likes of John Jones, GSP. Oh yeah, definitely like. When I'm on like a long journey and I put music on, I do get sometimes a bit lost in my head, thinking, "Oh my god!" Like thinking about all that stuff. But I think you've kind of got to be like that. I think if I had the mindset of I'm just doing this for a laugh, you, you won't get anywhere. Whereas if you've got it in your head that you're going to get somewhere and you're going to make something of it, that's what drives you. Yes. Yeah. You know when you fought. Um... At the MTGP against uh, is it Alex Nicholas? Alexis Nicholas, the Hulk. <laughs> yeah, I saw in that fight that actually, I mean, the referee stopped the fight. But what really, um, what I respect you for the fact that despite all the abuse you took, all the shots you took, you still wanted to continue. Um, after you can tell me to like, mind my own business, um, but you know, um after that fight had come and passed, did you get a lot of heat from people and a lot of trolls coming after you? Um, was that the case? It was on the YouTube video, there was the odd comment, but it was more like, why are them two fighting? And it was, but I get it. He was, he had 33 wins and only three losses as a professional. So realistically, I, I probably shouldn't have been fighting him in that early on, but that was my pro debut, that fight. Yes, I saw that. And he was 33 wins and three losses. He's he's just won another world title last week or the week before. So, realistically, I shouldn't have been in there with him, but, again, I wanted to, I don't want, I don't want to, I'm not one of them guys that will take easy fights or pick people just because I know I'll win. I got offered the name and I was like, all right. Even though I knew and everyone was saying to me, like, don't take that fight, not not this early. I did truly believe I could have won. Even when I was getting beaten up, <laughs> even when I got dropped for the second time, I, I still thought I was going to win. That's why when, when it did get waved off, I was like, no, let me go. Like, I can carry on. Because I want to, my head was still in it. Don't get me wrong, it's a good, probably a good job the ref would have stopped it because if it would have gone on, it could have been much worse. But I thought that mindset of, no, I want to fight, let, let me fight. But I think they will remember and respect you for the fact that despite all the abuse that you took, they you know you still want to see that fight through to the bitter end. Um, uh, that really don't you did not want to give up. That's the main thing. I don't. I'll never take the easy way out. I never think, oh, this is a bit rough. I'll take. I'll take a knee. I'll fight until they don't let they don't let me do it anymore. And I think that does come from like that army mindset a bit as well. Yes, yes, no, definitely, that does help a lot. But you know, you've got the mental strength, not just the physical yeah. strength. 
mental resilience in it. Okay, uh, this is venturing a little bit outside of um, <laughs> of the kickboxing and um, yourself, but the uh, I just because it's the big fight. What feels like the, the it's going to be the big fight of the other, or the two big fights of the year. Um, UFC two eighty seven. Uh, Adesanya versus Pereira. Who do you think is going to take away the win? Of course, we know the backstory between these two guys. Yeah, um, I think it's he's free and always Pereira against him. So I do think it's hard at this point to back to say Izzy, but I do think skill wise, Izzy is the better striker. Izzy is the all round better fighter. But for people to respect the win, he has to outstrike him. Like, I think he could very easily go in there and just wrestle him. But if he did that, people would be like, "You've not, you're not beating him," like, because they're both kickboxers uh, by trade. I think Izzy needs to go in there and outstrike him. But I do think Izzy, technicality-wise, is the better striker. It's just Pereira's got that equaliser, and he can take a lot of punishment. Like in the last fight, I think it, what was it? The last ten, fifteen seconds, or something daft that Pereira stopped it. And I just think if, if Izzy could have held out a bit longer, he'd have won that fight. Mm, yeah. But I do think it's hard to back it, to bet against him when he's already three and zero against the guy. No, I, I, I hear what you say. I mean, people, I've asked quite a few people about this, and some, some of the comments and answers that I remember is that, um, you can be very good at what you do, but once your competitor, let's say, has your number, especially when they've defeated you several times or so, three, um, yeah. t- more than more than once, more than twice, um. It's kind of like they're going to stay in your head. There's something about you that you have over me, and I just can't get. I don't know what it is, but I just can't go over. I can't get past that. You know, so yeah. Like, there's something you've got that I can't beat, and I think that's going to be. He's been stopped twice by him, and that's as confident as he is. And I do think he'll be confident and think he's going to beat him. That's got to be in his head somewhere that this guy has not just beaten me three times, but two times stopped me. Mm. So I think that's got to be in the back of his head a bit. I hope he doesn't retire. No, I, I'd like the way I can see it going is Pereira winning and then moving up to light heavyweight. So that does mean Izzy has a chance to become the best middleweight again. But I think something bites it is hard to call. Yeah. I think Izzy is very capable of winning the fight, but based on history, it's hard to bet against that. The next one, um, and people are even doubting whether this one will even happen. Conor McGregor versus Michael Chandler. <laughs> I think it'll be entertaining if it does happen. I think the build-up will be very, very entertaining. And I think the fight could also be very good because Chandler, even though he's a wrestler, and could, like I said, just slam McGregor. He's not going to, is he? He's going to stand... And he's going to trade with McGregor like he does in every single one of his fights. He's not going to take the easy route and just think, right, I'll just wrestle with this guy. He's going to stand and bang with him like he did against Gaethje. Like he pretty much has in every single UFC fight he's had. That That is true. I mean, um, but I think there's two questions that's playing on people's minds here. The fight itself, but also before we even get to the fight, is the fight even going to happen? I mean, I've heard people, big names in the in the uh, in the community, Charles Sonnen, um, uh, James Lynch. Uh, you may not know, know these people, but just you know, big um, former um, competitors yeah. or um, big name journalists, 
they are considering, they're contemplating whether the fight will even happen because Dana White and the UFC have not even set a date for, or even, you know, chosen a venue. You know, they're even looking at Conor McGregor. We, we, he's not, doesn't, or you're not seeing any footage of him training or sparring or preparing for the fight. You know, so they're thinking what sort of Conor McGregor will we get, even if, fine, the UFC do decide on a date for the fight. Would it be a McGregor who has actually prepared himself and done all the things he's supposed to do to prepare for a fight, or the McGregor that likes to pass and drink? Paycheck. Exactly. I think. Exactly. I think he's he's not been in the testing pool either. I personally think that's the biggest hurdle that he's not been tested in, however long. Has he? I think. Oh, you, you know, I, I just, been, I, I, I just don't. I mean, I, 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 I didn't I, think he'd been tested. I've. I think he, uh, at one point, yeah, people were saying, I think uh, since January of this year or so, that he's not in, he's not in the Sardis testing pool. But then someone told me in one of my posts on Instagram that he has been cleared and he's back in the Sardis testing pool. But I mean, with this, you know, with Conor McGregor, nothing's ever straightforward. You never so, know, do you? <laughs> exactly. So, I mean, we'll just have to wait and see. I mean, the Ultimate Fighters, I think they've finished the filming for that, but the fights itself is what people are now really um, uh, looking forward to. So, I think it's just uh, a waiting game, game now to see if it actually, if anything does happen. Yeah. I don't think they'll waste that opportunity because on the stuff I've seen about the season, it's been a bit, it's been bubbling up throughout the season between Chandler and McGregor. So I don't think they'll waste, you know, the fight because it could, it will draw a lot. Any McGregor fight will draw a lot of eyes, even if it's to see him get beaten up or to see him win. It's going to be, whenever he fights, it will be one of the biggest pay-per-views of the year. Everyone knows that. So I think they won't waste the opportunity. It is just a matter of when, I think. Yeah, I think he's accomplished so much in the sport since he burst into the scene that now any fight takes on now will just be a money fight, I guess, for him and a money fight for his for his, his uh, competitor and, of course, moving their name up in the rankings. Yeah, because just beating him, having that name on your record that you've beaten McGregor, is that big of a star. <laughs> yeah. You probably get a title shot after beat. Like I personally think if they do fight, the winner will straight away give him a title shot, whether it's at 170 or 155, just because of how big the fight will be. I, that's, how, that's how I think it'll play out. They'll fight and the winner will get a title shot. And if it's the McGregor of old, I do think he'll find that chin with the left hand. I feel I'd like of... to think that anyway. I feel kind of sorry for Chandler at this point because, um, you know, if any, if it does go um, bad, he if it doesn't happen, then he's going to be the guy that loses out the most. In, yeah, definitely. McGregor, McGregor doesn't need this fight, does he? He doesn't, he doesn't need no. this fight. Chan, Chandler does need this fight. Mm. So I, I get what you mean. I agree with that. Last but not least, the only shout-outs... Um, yeah, I've, I've got quite a few, yeah. Um, my main gym, Sweatbox, by coach by David Saar. And then my other gym, AVT MMA Leeds, head coach Danny Mitchell and other coach Jay Furness. And then my boxing gym, the Yorkshire Gladiators slash Ultimate Shred, the Robinson Twins. And then I've got loads of sponsors. I'm just trying to <laughs> find my top now that's got them all on it. <laughs> just so I can read them all out. Yeah, I can't. But off the top of my head, we've got um, Lakeland Consultants, uh, Onyx Tattoo Studio, Siam Sports Therapy, DK Garden Services, Pathetic Pizza, 
gentleman's caught a barber shop. There's quite a few. I've got quite a lot of sponsors there. The Black Bull Castleford Pub. I'd have to have a look. Well, I've got, I've got most of them, but I have got a lot of sponsors. And I don't, I, I'm sorry for the ones that I have forgot off the top of my head. I don't. I do appreciate you all because it is sponsors and stuff that helps make everything possible. It's just there is a lot, and I can't open the packet that's got my shirt into have a look at it, <laughs> so I can't actually see them all at the minute. <laughs> Be sure to please send me a list of all the sponsors as much as you can, and I will tag them in the post for the podcast episodes. I'll definitely make sure I do that. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. And for the ones that I didn't mention, like the. Please don't be annoyed at me and stop sponsoring me. <laughs> I just forgot the, <laughs> forgot the names. Guys, if you did enjoy the episode, please don't forget to leave a like and subscribe. And you can also follow me on Instagram and, yes, on YouTube. And also the podcast will be available on Spotify, iTunes and Google Podcasts. Aaron, once again, thank you so much. Thank you so much for coming in. And look, it's good, pleasure. Thank you. good luck for this coming, for your fights this coming Saturday. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Take care.